Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. You know, I wonder what it would be like to pretty much be the smartest person in most rooms you enter. Man, that would be so much you know, fun. I, you know, it, it would be... It would be an interesting feeling. It would be. It'd be hard to keep it to yourself. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I'd be like, hey, did y'all know I am the smartest person in the room? It would be hard not, not to say it. I know. But but I'm going to say it for today's guest because okay. he pretty much is the smartest human in every room that he enters. And if you're watching, you're like, well, I don't know about that. He hasn't been in your room yet. But wait, he, he, he would be. Jovan Pulitzer. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, there's nobody else in the room. <laughs> See, that's, that's the trick. Smart, I am the smartest person in the room when I stand in a room alone. There yeah. you go. Well, Man, we I, know better. I have one with my dog. You know, <laughs> but well, we're at a unique moment where we meet people all the time, whether it's, you know, in the, in the, in the medical or, uh, you know, military and tell people. It's like, it's almost like God has been preparing people, doing a certain task, but like preparing for this moment in yeah. time. And you, as much as, or more than anyone that I know of, are so uniquely fitted, like a like a puzzle piece that mm-hmm. just, bam, it goes right there for what's going on right now with this merger of, of politics, business savvy, understanding how to look at multiple things, you know, uh, directions of the same item, and uh, the technology of what's mm-hmm. happening. I'd like to start out with this, the, the little bit of your background specific as it goes to patents, because we've talked about this Quite a, quite a bit, and how even defending to get a patent pushed through, and you you know have had several, <laughs> um, is is it really applicable to this time when it comes to election integrity and and uh, trying to sort out that big dumpster heap of a mm-hmm. of a problem? Absolutely, I, I tell people just so you understand that God loves me twice. One that God gave me talent, but there are many talented derelict PhDs, right? You don't use your talents. And so I'm just lucky enough that I learned, God taught me how to use my talents. And fortunately, it comes from being an abused child in a dysfunctional home with a prostitute mother that was a welfare baby. And you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And that's a true story. And, And since my childhood was so ravished by dysfunction, and you're already waiting for the next bad thing to happen. It sharpened my mind to be able to read really subtle changes in people, places, and things, because you don't want to duck when you see the hammer just about to hit your head. You want to duck when you know they're walking in the other room to get the hammer to begin with, right? And so I've been able to apply that in my world of patents. So let me give you an idea of patents. Most people know it could be very, it's very hard. Very few people in the world actually have patents. Most inventors might get one, two, maybe three patents in their lifetime if they're uh, a, a pretty good patent author. The way our patent office approaches this is you are guilty of the most heinous crime when you fill that patent because they say, nope, you're guilty. Somebody else has it. And then you have to fight for your life Mm. against the federal government and prove beyond all shadow of a doubt that your idea is new, unique, and the novel and doesn't offend any patents in the United States. And then when you do it like I do in all 190 countries, you have to fight all 190 countries because they tell you, nope, it's not worthy. And you have to prove it's worthy. So what I really am is I can have a creative idea, but what I am at my heart is I'm a deconstructionist. 
versus mm-hmm. the constructionists. And here's what it means. There are 11,600 patents, uh, basically, uh, in the world. And out of those 11,600 patents that have been granted, about 1.65% of a very small sliver actually become valuable, useful, or get deployed throughout mankind. I'm lucky enough that 90 plus percent of my body of work is exactly in that 1.65% sliver. Because I think defensively, I can have a great idea, but because it's like survival for me and you grow up in a childhood where people are going to take things away from you or your Mm -hmm. house is going to be taken away or social service is going to take you away or your parents are going to abuse you. You literally have to understand how to protect yourself. And so I'm very well trained in fighting for my life because they try it like a murder case and looking at every single way an Mm. attack come from and plugging those holes. What that made me very equipped to do was to be able to understand What is really the big picture? Mm. What are really the accumulation of all these little bitty signs that uh, tell of a foreboding coming, something coming after you that's going to get you? And that's what allows me to have the defensive strategy to win, which is where I beat the Microsofts and the Googles and the AT&Ts of the world. Uh, And I've just taken it and applied it to what we're doing, fighting for our nation. Fighting for our faith, fight it, it's over for us. That's the bottom line. We're fighting for our children and grandchildren now. For mm-hmm. us, we're here, it's it. We have to now fight for them. And I've just been able to apply it in a really interesting way that allows me to peek inside, see the patterns, find the gaps, yeah. be fearless in exploring them, and then make sure we plug those holes to not let these people take away our country. I love how God uses everything. It's your wins, your losses, you know, and some, some, you know, so everybody's got scars and it's like, Mm -hmm. ah, that was a bad day, but man, you know what? That serves me now. And it's being repurposed in a new way. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you break down, obviously for, for those of you not have not uh, caught up yet, you need to pedal faster because we're going to dive deep into election integrity here and, and determine whether or not 2020 was the safest and most secure election mm-hmm. in U.S. history, as you've been told. There's going to be a little bit of a state of the union on some of the things that are currently happening because uh, Jovan's at the tip of the spear because this is still happening. If you're like, you know, what happened in 2020? Right. Well, we're still looking at it. We're moving forward. The sun keeps coming up, but we're looking back at that. But you're, you're, he's repurposed wins, losses, good days, bad days, everything for right now. And and that's when it's needed. And it's unique that you weren't born 500 years ago or a hundred years from now, or like right now in this time, it you get overwhelmed sometimes, but it's also good to sit back and think, you know, it's almost, there's, there's, there's more going on than we're yeah. aware of, you know, for someone like yourself to, to, to all of a sudden bubble up to the top and then be willing to be available. And you said a key word there also fearlessly move forward on it. Cause it requires that as well. This is not a space for cowards. I think we're all chosen. What's really mm-hmm. interesting is I think even people watching do not realize they personally were chosen for this moment. And I can prove it to you. I'll give you an example. Number one, if I look at history, and, and some people know I've written several hundred history books, by the way. If I look at history and ancient history, and we just talk about God, God would talk to prophets, pass the word, inspire the prophets. Prophets would go out and teach people and minister to people to bring the word to people. That's uh, how it used to be done. What I personally think we're experiencing right now is this is the first time in history God 
is talking and revealing to every one of us at the exact same time. Now, this is a blessing. Let me tell you why it's a blessing. Because in biblical days, when governments went corrupt or marauding armies came through or something changed, when the Roman soldiers showed up to basically say, you do this and we own this, and you got upset, Mm -hmm. they just lopped your head off and went on about it, right? Yeah. Now we're seeing these. We all have really interesting the visualization of discernment doesn't mean you practice it, but everything is unfolding before our eyes. Mm-hmm. And so what's going on right now is I think God in many ways is testing this free will that I gave mankind. Will mankind have strong enough faith and will to save themselves and realize that they've always been the key. See, there is no special army coming to save us. There are no special police coming to save us. It is all about us. That is why you can have these media companies literally spend in excess of a hundred billion dollars in media value since Donald J. Trump came onto the presidential scene to convince us that we were all bad. You can have trillion dollar companies <laughs> censoring everything we do and we're still winning. Yes. We're still winning. Yes. That's how powerful this is. And you made it. I just wanted to say this real fast. Based on your point you made earlier, you know, most people wouldn't really fight for themselves. They'd kind of roll over. Oh, well. But when it comes to their kids or their grandkids, everything changes. Everything changes. And that's where we're hearing in the movement. It's always for the kids. It's for my grandchildren. It's for these future generations because nobody wants to leave something for their kids that's worse than they had. That's right. You know, and I think that's so important, and you're exactly right. And we are seeing people waking up, but not just waking up. They are speaking up. They are showing up. They're using the gifts and talents that God's given them and their past experiences to make a difference in today. And that's exactly what you've been doing. Well, God bless the mama bears. Here's here. Let me give you an example of my particular skills and and how I've applied them. Now, it's very unique that it just so happens when you see the barcodes on the paper known as your ballot, it runs through the machine and it reads them and it collects them and it tabulates them, whether it's a QR code or whatever, those happen to be my patents. That's a particular <laughs> tweet I developed that is 207 patents. All wow. these companies license them. So the very patent that they use to track your vote and hide the data. It's kind of how I got into this. Those are my patents. They have licensed my patents. That's why I jumped off into this. But another interesting thing is you have to look at this holistically. Now, number one, I've always been in the liberal tech and media world, Mm -hmm. if you understand my background. On one side, this is the greatest work I've ever done in my life. It's the most exciting, exhilarating, uh, fulfilling, hammering, hurting, harding, depressing work I've ever done in my life. And I would—I was made for this and I'd never do any different. It has yeah. ended my career in the tech industry. I'll never be able to do a tech deal again until we get good Christian companies that are willing yeah. to do tech deals versus Silicon Valley. But I'll give you an, uh, an example of the edge that my particular skills have allowed me to bring to this. In 2020, if this was supposed to be an election that was predominantly run by mail. That's why we have our mail order maladministration in the current White House. 
And you have all these ballots going out, and they were trying to convince us that 80% of the people voted that way. I just looked at it and said simply, why are there no folds in these papers they're tallying? If they were mailed, they'll have folds in them. That's kind of how I started in this. (laughs) And then, you know what? You can't have a pre-filled in mail-in ballot because they don't send them out pre-filled in. So you got to look at, did a human hand fill it in? Or not. Now, we learned very interesting things along the way, and I'll just clip through these so I can get to why this is important. In Arizona, it was the most historic audit of a presidential election ever undertaken in history. They told you Sharpie Gate wasn't real, but it doesn't change your vote. It creates a time hack. So on 120,000 ballots, as they ran in the machines and it was the wrong paper with Sharpies bleeding through it, they had an extra 2.1 million votes on them. That's how bad it was. 2.1 million extra votes on those ballots. Now, it confuses the machines. And if you look at 120,000 plus votes elevated, it gave them about three extra days to mess with the ballots before they had to bring those votes down because they know. They see them up here. They know what the real vote is. It's just a technicality why it's suspended. So they already know the mail-in voting, and they're playing a game underneath. So they bring it down, and it looks like a foot race. But in this defensive role that I've had to do now for over 30 years, it's actually 34 years, of fighting the U.S. and world governments to get my patents approved, and I'm fighting the billion-dollar company, so I'm just an independent inventor and get it done, I've learned you've got to be able to bring the proof and bring it hard. That's why it's not about saying, well, dead people voted. you got to prove who the dead people were. Right. It's not about saying these were bad voters. You got to show where they are, who they are, and you got to do your job for them. So I'll give you an example. That's why our government and this auditing has never worked. It never will work. When you run an election, if you want to challenge the election, most of the candidates have to bring their suit, their lawsuit, saying something went wrong within three days. Most of them don't even know within three days what really happened. And now the thumb is they're still counting. How can you sue? So that's a rig. Mm -hmm. And then they say they're going to do a risk limiting audit, which basically means the crooks are going to limit the risk of them getting caught by saying they did an audit. That's what that really means. And they just look at a few. And I'll give you an example. In Georgia, for the primary in 18, they basically, for all of uh, the Atlanta, Georgia area, they looked at a whopping 25 ballots. Now, how can you look at 25 ballots for a metropolitan area with several million people and say that went well? Jump to 2020, the risk-limiting audit was a whopping 250 ballots. It's all a rig, and I'm going to give you a great analogy to understand what we do. Forensic means you look at everything from every direction, top side, bottom side, left, right, twisted. It doesn't matter. And you're looking to see just what it tells you. It's not what you think is there. It's what you discover through science is there. So we we embarked on this expedition into the unknown. And what we found was the incredibly unforeseen. And I'll give you an example. Let's say in an election across your city, a big city, that should say a couple million votes, that there were 1,800 election workers involved in the election. And every one of those 1,800 election workers, let's say every day, had to sign a certificate and say, yes, this happened. Here's my name. Here's the date. And here's the time I did it. And they certified it. 
And then it gets down to the bottom part of the page, and you got the big cheeses, and they got to sign their big John Hancocks to it and say, yes, this was true and accurate. Now, let's just say we're looking at it over 30 days, okay? And you've got a couple thousand sheets of paper, and you do a random audit, and you reach in, and you pull out 10 sheets of paper. What you would find in those 10 sheets of paper, possibly, was okay, everybody filled in their names. Here, they left the number of how many ballots off. And on this one, somebody didn't date it. And on this one, somebody didn't sign the proper thing to say this is certified, meaning the auditor, this is certified. Mm -hmm. And so they will tell you, look, we have one non-signature in there. And it missed the chain of custody. But that's not bad. That's just one person out of 1,800 that worked. And so they don't find anything there. They find a missing date. They find a missing signature, missing audit signatures, and a missing number. That's why you can't do randoms, because I'm going to play it back to you in a real-time example. And they always use this key word, it's not widespread Mm -hmm. fraud. See, widespread is what proves it's not voter fraud. There's two things. There's voter fraud and election fraud. Voter fraud is when somebody gets their dead mom's ballot because she hadn't been taken off the voter roll, and they go ahead and vote that ballot playing like their mom. That's voter fraud. They will always find one in or two in every state. They'll find them. They'll prosecute them, make them sign a little bitty decree, promise never do it again. 20 hours of community service, listening to like Kamala Harris laugh, you know, all the horrible. <laughs> That's cruel. Right? They, they, and they, have, they have a conviction and they say it's very, very small. Now, the other side of it is called election fraud. And that means that the people within the election, the higher ups, the organization of the election was crooked. Now, let's go back to these 1,800 people. And let's say somebody like me, a forensic auditor, just like I did in Arizona, you're not going to get my talent unless I see everything. So if you think you're going to do a fractional, I'm out. Luckily, Mm -hmm. the people pushed and we got it. Now, let's go back and look at these 1,800 people. You have 1,800 people over a 30-day span because they don't have election day. They have election month. Yeah. And every time they pick up ballots, regardless of where they pick them up from, these people have to sign it. I'm the transporter. I'm the counter. Mm -hmm. I delivered it. Here's the codes. Here's how many. And then they go to a particular place and they go, okay, I receive, I delivered it. And then somebody at the auditor says, okay, I checked it in and confirms the number. You can see how those parts fit. Well, let's say you could step back and look at every one of them because it's about all the data, not part of the data. And all of a sudden you find out that for 28 days, everybody signed it right, filled it out right, and did the number of ballots. It's just like clockwork, mm-hmm. right? 28 days. Boom, 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 boom. Every one of these 1,800 people did it right. Maybe somebody forgot to put the time in. Maybe somebody here forgot to put the number of ballots in. But on day 29 and day 30, unanimously across every single one of them, when it comes to that auditor and the final check-in, nobody signed. Not a one. Nobody said how many ballots. Not a one. And nobody followed the procedure. Well, you can deduce two things from that. Number one, you can't say it's an accident because 1,800 people, the probability of 1,800 people taking the exact same, oh, I forgot, Mm -hmm. doesn't cut it. So it proves two things. 
that it was coordinated in some way. The second part of it is because these 1,800 people, let's say, represent 750 individual places, and the same thing happened, you get to the definition it it was an order by someone who told them not to do it, and it was widespread. Mm. That is why you have to look at everything. Because if you pick and choose, you'll never find it. But when you draw back from this picture and look at everything, you finally find out that they didn't have collective amnesia. They did not forget to fill in all the blanks at one point. Somebody gave an order, somebody above these 1,800 workers. Therefore, it was a directive and it was widespread. That's a forensic audit. Wow. That is that is great information, by the way. Yeah. That was very helpful. There were things in there that you said that I'd heard of, but I didn't know exactly how that played in. And so that was extremely helpful. And I think all that lends itself towards the general public is has a little bit of uh, 2020 voter election information processes fatigue. Mm-hmm. It kind of, you know, starts sounding the same to them. And they, they if they don't have a story like that, that makes it clear mm-hmm. Then it's just a bunch of uh, mumbo jumbo. They're like, tell me when you really got something. Right. You know, you're right. It's called, it's called information fatigue. It's the same thing in an audit. People get tired of doing the same repetition thing. They get tired of hearing the same repetition thing, but it's only when you get in the trenches and fight that you are able to draw the Mm -hmm. clear picture and take away every lame excuse. The system, the cabal gives us and play it back to them and where you can go, Hey, this is now not an accident. And who gave this order? Who has the power to tell 1,800 people not to do this in every area? Yeah. That's right. That, and that is that is a good question. You know, when you watch a movie like uh, Ocean's Eleven or, mm-hmm. you know, any of these kind of like a, a good like bank robbery kind of show or any of these kind of a heist, it, 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 you, it they'll have like several people come in and do something that are really all distractions while they might be committing crime. You know, they're robbing something or pickpocket or they're spilling a drink or they start a fight or, you know, they're getting things going on. And and meanwhile, there's a much bigger crime taking place somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Now, all of those are crimes and they're all happening. There's a difference between a pickpocket and, you know, credit card fraud, you know, as far as the effectiveness or its 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 impact. The 2020 election, people have all come to realize there was a lot of just overwhelming the system of every kind of shenanigans probably that had ever been developed going back to like the movie, uh, gangs of New York, you know, with DiCaprio, like there's, you know, election meddling, you know, going on, you know, back in the, you know, in those days. So with this one, it, it hit it from every direction. You're probably one of the only ones that's studying how the number of ballots that went in, ballots went out. You're not tracking registration of Democrats and new registers and, and all of these different trends. You're specifically looking at one category of it. But in that, your team and yourself, you, all, you, you, you testify and you give a lot of information, the fact that these machines do connect outside of themselves. And so you kind of have an eye on, on both worlds a little bit with your specialty, though, being, you know, ballots in, ballots out, and, and how do they manipulate those numbers? But can, can you kind of shed some light on that just a little bit, the uniqueness of what you're doing and in, in your expertise compared to the overall? Because people are like, well, there was – they hacked the machines and somebody hit this button and flipped it. Well, you know, it, it was so complicated because they did everything. That's right. If we were I, – I, I'll use the example of 2,000 Mules, incredible work by Catherine Engelbeck and Greg and Phillips and 
showing you what can be happened with mules dropping ballots in the box. So you can understand that. Even if that could be stopped today, it wouldn't make a difference because that's one of over 150 or more ways that they rig an election. See, criminals don't rely on any one thing to do it. It's why the mob is in guns, drugs, loan sharking, prostitution, everything. Because if one goes down, they got to make sure they still can accomplish what they want to accomplish. So it's no mm-hmm. one way to perpetrate the crime. It's about the propensity, the the vastness of it, of doing it. So I, I tell people a simple test. When you walk in and they ask you your name and want to verify uh, your address and your information, what exactly do you think they're looking at? Are they pulling out their little piece of paper book, A, B, C, and looking through all these? No, they're looking at it on a poll book. Well, a poll book is just a fancy name for an iPad with a very interesting case that it's in. That's it. They are <laughs> right. a full-fledged yeah. computer. And they are searching computers to find your information. Now, let's step back for a minute. Most people have seen where across television in 2020, here comes the information, newscaster talking about it, changing in a dynamic, votes going up, it changing, and boom, votes go sky high, boom, votes taken away. Most people saw a lot of that in real time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. How did the newscasters and stations get that data? Great question. Is it little carrier pigeons? Is there some <laughs> bad guy back there with a little beanie hat and writing it down, <laughs> teletyping it out? No, it's all connected to the internet. Now, they want to tell you that they're not connected to the internet. It's both a lie and the truth at exactly the same time. See, In these places where they run the elections, invariably, there is a computer owned by the county, technically not part of the election, where they run a particular type of software on. Now, that particular computer is connected to the Internet. So if you went into these voting companies' manuals, and we know most people don't read, and you read through the manual and you get to that particular machine, and it says, well, the county is responsible for providing this machine and make sure that it has a LAN connection and good connection to the internet, blah, 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 and our Mm -hmm. machines talk to that. Well, see, the reality is this machine's not really talking to the internet. It's talking to this machine, and it's that machine that's talking to the internet. They do not want you to understand how it works And they rely on what's called word salad and sausage wording, Mm -hmm. that it's only a technicality, not a reality. The bottom line is all of these connect to the Internet. They always have. They always will. Uh, That's how the station gets their updates, precincts by precinct, reporting by reporting, because it's not a bunch of little guys with armbands and little teller hat going, talking to everybody. (laughs) They all talk. Every one of them talk. They just try to do it with smoke and mirrors, and they try to convince you of this thing called air gapping, right? Meaning it's they can't talk to each other right and communicate right. Right. Well, that is a – speaking of inventions, right? Mm-hmm. I think air gapping was the most incredible invention by Democrats ever, and I'm going to give them credit for it. Props for coming up with air gapping because I know the most perfected model of air gapping – 
is exactly the space between the left ear and the right ear of Maxine Waters. And I know <laughs> air gap is a perfect yeah. non-communication air gap. Yeah. The problem is it just doesn't work in computers. That is yeah, great. Let's wrap up with one last question and just kind of get your take on this and, and it will let you go is, you know, we heard the expression, uh, you know, you know, could God build a rock so big that he couldn't move it? You know, it's like it's got this impossible question, right? Well, God's so powerful, he can make a, you know the biggest rock ever, but he's so strong, he can still move it. So it says, you know, can we make a machine so good that we can have fair elections using it? Um, here's and, how and, and it's it. and it's safe in the, this arms race of of absolutely absolute. voter machines. It can absolutely be done, but now I'm going to tell you the catch in it. Many of you may have a gun and, you know, leftists want to get rid of our guns Mm -hmm. because they think that gun is going to get up out of the corner and on its own go shoot and kill people. It's not. See, the gun also needs a piece of software. And that software is the human that decides to pick up that gun and exercise that free will Mm -hmm. shooting it. Machines are the same way. They don't do anything. They are not commanded to do. It is that simple. And so, yes, machines can be built to run our elections and do them right. If at the election level, you take out every single type of computing device, what we really need is technology akin to an Etch-A-Sketch. You can look Mm -hmm. at it, here it is, and that's all it is, and that's all it can be. And it's simple math and do it. You're just speeding up the process. It does not require truly what's called computing. And when you do that with total transparency, you don't expect people, voters, to think this is the most safest election ever Mm -hmm. in history. Why did they start telling you before the counting was done? Because they knew it was the most safest election ever. They knew it wasn't. And so they Mm -hmm. name it in the opposite. But if you combine it with total transparency, I do not believe in free and fair elections. I believe in free and transparent elections. Fair is a word for the left. It's not fair if you lose. It's not fair Mm -hmm. if you call me a name. It's not fair. I have less pigments and now you want to Mm -hmm. be racist against me. It's not fair. I carry 25 extra pounds and I'm a middle-aged man in my hair. That's not fair. So it's not based on fair. Fair is a peewing and we got to have these based on facts. So we have to have free and transparent elections. And as long as we don't have to sue to get copies of our ballots so we can check what went in Mm -hmm. and what came out, we can absolutely build a machine, which by the way, I am doing, build a machine that cannot be tricked, cannot be fooled, cannot be hacked, cannot be taken over. And by the way, it knows if it's a real ballot, a bad ballot, a real voter or a bad voter, and it audits itself while it's doing it and makes everything transparent. And that might be the second thing God has in mind for me, because I know I can tackle that one and solve it. I love it. Okay. I I know that that was your last question, but I do have one more. Sorry. My last question I have for you is you know, hearing all this, sometimes it can be discouraging, like, man, do I even vote at the midterms? What's your recommendation for people? Do they go out and vote? Absolutely. If anybody is telling you don't vote because your vote is not going to count anyway, let me explain psychological warfare. Now, first off, people are telling you don't vote. It's not going to count anyway. You do have two steps. Go register as a Democrat and begin to learn to speak Chinese. Now, aside from that, (laughs) you have to understand... 
It's true. You that, better vote that's for That's a joke, but it's true. It is true. That it, was, no, it, that's, a, yeah. that's jokingly telling you the yeah. absolute truth. Yes. You must vote more than ever now. You must overload the system. Do not vote your mail-in ballots. And I'm going to okay. give you, this is what we pushed in Arizona for this midterm. You better go vote more in these midterms than you've ever voted before. But let me tell you how it works. Number one. They're trying to push felt tip pens on you. Do not use them. They cannot tell you what pen to use. Please use a blue ballpoint pen. The reason is if we do get a hold of the audit, the machines only print in black and I see all your votes in blue. I can tell when they inserted one. Second thing, and here's how we beat them. And this is what happened with Arizona, why the system couldn't do it again. And our great America first candidates won. When you get your mail-in ballot for the November election, and invariably you'll get it because it might be monkey, donkey, pox, whatever it is, they're going to try something. When you get that mail-in ballot at your house, number one, if you get multiples, save them all. Number two, don't open it. Mm. I'm telling you, if you're not willing to go stand in the line six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 hours to make sure your vote counts, you don't have what it takes to fight for this country. You might yeah. as well stay in bed. So be willing to stand in line. But here's how you catch them at their game. You take that ballot, you get it, you do not open it. You go only vote on election day. And when you get there and you walk in and you give them your name, they're going to look at a profile of you. All across this country, they were telling people, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Jones, but we mailed you a ballot. It has been returned and you have right. voted. That's and they'll right. give you a provisional and they'll use it not to count your vote. So here's what you do. Keep your mail-in ballot. Do not open it. Go to vote. Don't tell them you have it. Walk in. If you're one of the people they tell, sorry, uh, we mailed your ballot. It came in, already voted, but we'll give you a provisional. Do the following. Don't scream or yell. Say, please say that again and get them to repeat it. Once they repeat it, take that provisional ballot. Step to the side. Don't stay in the line. Dial your sheriff, not your police. Right. Your sheriff and say, I want to report identity theft. It just happened right in front of me. I've confirmed that I have all the data. I need to file a report. They show up. The sheriff is going to talk to that person that told you you already voted. He's going to or she's going to go get that story, the deputy. Mm -hmm. And then when they come back to you, show them your ID, pull out the mail-in ballot and the provisional and say, here is my mail-in ballot. As you can see, my name, my name, my name. It's not open. The ballot's still in there. And they gave me a provisional. Somebody stole my vote. And that is how we shut them down. That is how we get on the record. And that is how we beat them at their game. This started in the primaries in Arizona again. And when people started reporting it, it's amazing. When they were coming in in crushes in the, in the morning, that trick, all of the places stopped using that trick. And that's how we shut them down and overwhelmed them with human presence that wants their vote to count. Brilliant. Man, that is so good. Javon, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow Javon by going to javonhuttonpolitzer.locals.com. javonhuttonpolitzer.locals.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your support by bringing you the My Pill that started it all. 
MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs regardless of your sleep position. Because it works, we've sold over 70 million MyPillows, and now I'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever. For example, you get my standard MyPillow, now only $19.88 with your promo code. Now's the time to get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. MyPillows make the best gifts ever. In the times we're in, one thing we all need is getting a great night's sleep. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my standard MyPillow for only $19.88. For a more custom fit, my Premium Queen, only $24.98. Or my Premium King, only $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so order now. For more great content, go to FlyoverConservatives.com.